Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit Get Fit. I am your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today is going to be another um, great episodes, not episodes, episode, in regards to um, a little bit more hands-on, in a sense, because I'm going to be demoing um, a couple exercises for this episode specifically. So for those who are just listening, 100% hit the show notes and watch this video if you can, um, because I get this question a lot um, through Instagram where people ask me about shoulder pain. And I've already done one episode on shoulder pain, but um, I didn't cover one specific thing because, again, the shoulder joint is such a complex joint and it can move in so many different planes of motion. So it's not as simple as do A to get B, you know what I mean? So um, today we're gonna look at the shoulder, but specifically the shoulder blade. Um, so our scapulas, the things that are on the back of our shoulder has a lot of influence on our actual like glenohumeral joint where people are like, oh, I get pain in here. So. Um, for the general population and even um, some athletes, say in the powerlifting world, bodybuilding world, um, pitchers, and any kind of like throwing overhead athlete, um, sh most likely shoulder blades are not, um, you know, working the way they should. And when you look at what our scaps can do, they can, you know, protract, retract, elevate, and depress. But if you have, say, someone that is, you know, working at their desk, um, especially nowadays where everything's now on Zoom and you're on your laptop or computer a lot more than you were, we tend to be in this rounded state so if I have shoulders that naturally want to fall into that, and if you think about our scapula, it kind of just like, it floats there, right? On top of your rib cage. And like, say if this, my hand was our scap, and then this other hand is my rib cage, like this scapula should be able to move freely in order for my shoulder to move. So like, as I'm doing this, like my shoulder blade is moving in there. And within there, there's tons of little, intrinsic muscles that allow that shoulder blade to move freely. So if I'm in a prolonged position like this and you know your body adapts to any kind of stress you put on it and sitting or being slouched over for long periods of time is a stress. So your body's going to adapt to it. How does it adapt to it? It's trying to make you more efficient at it because you know moving in general or doing anything with your body requires energy. You know, you burn calories to do that, and anytime that happens, your body's like, holy shit, you are dying for some reason. And, you know, it wants you to survive and kind of be in this state of homeostasis where everything is just chill. So if it realizes that you tend to sit all the time in this round position, it's going to make you more efficient in that position, meaning... Some muscles are gonna go into atrophy, they're gonna become weaker, some are gonna get tighter to keep you there. So now if I'm in a position where my body likes to keep me here all the time, and now I'm required to do something with my arm overhead or throw or reach for something, and that scapula is kind of like stuck, kind of grimy, it's not gonna move the way it should, then 
other things are gonna have to um, make up for it. And it's usually the front of the shoulder. So I always like to use that example of the person that sits all the time, because one, it's super relatable to what we're dealing with in our world today. And probably 99% of us listening and watching are dealing with that, even for myself. You know, like I try to move every single day. I try to lather up my joints with synovial fluid throughout the day, but you know, you can't fight that war, I would call it, of sitting because we all need to do it. So here and then, I get aches and pains too. So going back to our sitting example, if I'm naturally rounded and now I try to lift my arms up, like that's as much as I can get, right? Compared to like a natural posture where, you know, I worked on my mobility, I strength train, whatever it is, like this is no problem. So if I go back to this example, like right away what I feel is like super tight throughout like serratus, my lats, and I'm already getting like a little pinch at the front of my shoulder. So now let's take that person that wants to get healthy and is determined to go to the gym and they start doing overhead stuff, either free weight, machine, whatever it is, and we're putting unnecessary stress through that front of the shoulder. And that's probably one of the most common things that I see in the clinic and with the people who see me um, for like rehab, mobility, and strength training is like anterior shoulder pain. So if now I have this issue, other than like, you know, my other video, like, yeah, start doing shoulder cars and things like that. And again, that will help. But in order to do shoulder cars that I always tell people to do, we also need the scapula to be able to move effectively for the glenoid to move through these ranges, right? So we're gonna kind of go over some specifics of um, shoulder blade movements that I, one, do in my kin stretch classes a lot that everybody has trouble with. And again, when we don't know how to move a certain point of our body, there's gonna be compensation somewhere else. And I'm gonna show you the most common ones that I see. And it kind of trickles, and I see this a lot in clinic is, you know, say one thing doesn't move, and then you give a corrective exercise, and I'm doing air quotes for that specific area. Most likely what's gonna happen is somewhere down the chain, and I always kind of make this analogy, actually I haven't done this analogy in a long time, but think of your body's one big um, chain, and at the top, say that first chain link, you kind of tilt it to one side, it's not gonna be a perfect straight line coming down, so something else is going to be affected. And I'm gonna show you this in a couple seconds here. So I'm gonna move my little camera guy a little bit lower. So you can see me, because we're gonna go on our hands and knees. So we're gonna go into what the yogis call table top position or quadruped for the medical crowd. So what we're going to do is just regular scapular push-ups. So a scapular push-up quite um, easily is all you gotta do is go into depression and then protraction, going back and forth. So I'm gonna give another view. So we're here, down, and back up, down, and back up. So it seems a, like a very, very simple thing to do, but the issue here is that a lot of people don't know how to, um, one, isolate 
this emotion through their scap without any kind of compensation. So what I see with almost every single person is when they're in this position, right away before they even start, what I see is this with their lumbar spine. So now I know that's kind of the default for the lumbar spine. That means they might have like a hinge point around, you know, T12, L5. They might just, you know, have tight hip flexors and the pelvis naturally curves this way, or they just have this terrible habit of always falling into lumbar extension when you're in like a hands and knee position. So now I'm thinking, okay, when you do a front plank, when you do push-ups, you're naturally falling into this position. And how are you supposed to, you know, one, engage your core properly that way? Um, but that's a whole nother topic. But say we are in this position. Um, number one, we have that tilt. Number two, when people are trying to retract their scaps and they don't have that full control or range, our bodies are gonna do two things to mimic us getting more range. As we go down, your body realizes, oh, you need more, they're gonna bend their elbows. So I get people doing this like weird mini push-up thing to mimic retraction of their scaps. And then the third thing, as they're coming down, they're bending their elbows and then their head kind of tilts. So like none of these things truly equate to proper like scapular retraction. And it just goes to show like how much people need this in order to not get shoulder pain and just have a healthy joint in their shoulder. Like, think about it, like basic biomechanics of that scapula should be able to do all of these different movements, but then we lose those abilities and then we wonder why things start hurting. It's just like if your car decided to, you know, like the transmission stopped working. And like, sure, maybe you could move the car a little bit, but it's not gonna look pretty, it's not gonna sound good, and it's probably gonna do more damage to other parts of the car. It's the same kind of uh, concept. But from there, what I like to kind of challenge with too is putting the shoulder blades through all of its ranges. So I see this a lot. Um, say we cleaned up the tilt, the, the elbow bend, and the bobble head and we find a better position, we have better awareness of like what our elbows are doing and what our neck are doing. And I like to go into like what I call scapular circles, where we go through all the movements that a shoulder blade should do, going back and forth, and then also going into the other direction, doing the same thing. The issue here is that so many people end up in this like awkward state where they don't really know how to move that way. And I get a lot of people where um, they kind of just kind of freeze and they, and they try to do it and they can't really figure out why it's not working. And literally like if you take your shoulder, you should be able to go into all these motions without any kind of compensations at the neck, at the low back. So, you know, I've been kind of doing a, um, I want to say like a research project, but almost kind of like a little survey with all the people I see in my kin stretch classes or the people that I train one on one. And I would say like every single person, when we get to the point where I'm like, okay, we're going to learn how to move our shoulder blades. Um, 
none of them have full capacity at all when it comes to moving that scapula interdependently compared to everything else. So it's one of those things that a lot of people don't think about. So, you know, say 90% of people don't have enough control through their um, shoulder blade and now they want to go to the gym and typically what people will do will go into um, a bodybuilding kind of like split where or bodybuilding style kind of workouts and things like that and when it comes to like shoulder day it's pressing it's lateral raises front raises and like everything that a shoulder needs to be able to do is in that kind of style of the workout so now imagine people dedicating like a full hour of shoulder exercises when they don't have a shoulder. It doesn't make sense. And then you wonder why people get like, um, you know, rotator cuff um, inflammation, ro uh, rotator cuff tears, anterior shoulder pain. It's just like one thing after another. And, you know, even the style of training out there, like, um, Hopefully people have stopped doing this, but pinning the shoulder blade back. So I've had this discussion before where, um, again, if you're a power lifter, totally get it. It's part of your sport. But if you think of the standard kind of like bench press in powerlifting, you want to like literally arch the back as much as possible to shorten up the distance from the bar to your chest. Because if I'm here it's that much further for the bar to travel so if i'm trying to you know go out for my max weight if i can take the object closer to my chest and decrease the distance then it's an advantage for me so in order to do that if you go here like look where my shoulders go they get pinned back so now i'm taking the bar and i'm not letting my shoulder blade go through a natural movement it's designed to do. I'm preventing it from doing that. And now over the years, if I've been powerlifting for, I don't know, 10 years, and I'm always like this, those shoulder blades are not gonna ever learn how to kind of like be able to protract. And usually they'll have a really tough time being able to um, elevate and if I'm taking those abilities away, something will have to give over time. And you'll find like, if you talk to any powerlifter that's in their 40s or 50s, they have some some weird shit um, when it comes to biomechanics, um, back pain, back tightness, because you, know, you find people kind of falling into this because they always were coached like, retract back and pin down and be here and you become like this kind of like immobile type of thing but um it's the nature of the sport and same thing with like bodybuilding if they have that cue to even like when they do a seated rows like let's, let's do this and then pull over and over and over again but then you know if we're taking that one little bit of protraction like you're kind of leaving a lot on the table. You're actually not strengthening all the stabilizers of the, of the shoulder blade. And if you're now overloading some other muscles that are responsible for just retraction, you've already got an asymmetry right at your shoulder blade and shoulder like junction, your girdle right off the bat. 
and we all know when we have an asymmetry like that, usually bad things tend to happen. And I've seen this in that kind of style of training of bodybuilding, powerlifting, where a lot of people will, you know, get shoulder subluxations, like instability and stuff like that. And that's a whole nother can of worms to kind of get after. And all they could have just done is, you know, some sort of balance between the two like i would never say to a powerlifter like you know what you're not being you're not going to be able to bench press for forever unless you learn how to protract and retract you can have supplement um exercise to help with that um one of the best ways to do that is i like to take like one of those red super bands for assisted chin-ups put pin that around um a squat rack like pillar or cable machine, whatever it is, having the two um, handles of the red band, getting into a straight arm position where um, I kind of let myself fall into protraction, but I have the tension of the band pulling me there, and I have to actively retract and then protract with resistance. It kind of gives you a little feedback. I would almost use that as kind of like a priming um, warm-up exercise to, you know, prior to like a bench press or like a shoulder day or whatever it is to ensure that everything in there is actually moving and grooving the way it should. Um, there's other ways to kind of think about being able to move those shoulder blades. Um, because again, if you look at the scapula, it's also one of those joints that needs to learn how to stabilize. And one of the things that I really, really love to do is, um, a kettlebell arm bar so I'm gonna try to um, demo it hopefully we have enough room and a view so when it comes to the arm bar and I'm gonna move this back so you can see a little bit more of the floor and I might even tilt my little camera down there you go all right let's give this a shot so one, I've done this before with um, the benefits of kettlebell training. And, you know, really quickly, the way that a kettlebell is designed is that the weight is distributed unevenly, making it more of a variable resistance, which will, at the end, make your body work a little bit harder for to stabilize it compared to a dumbbell where it's completely evenly um uh, distributed by weight, whereas, you know, the handle is probably the lightest part of the kettlebell, and then you have the full-on bell portion. So, with the armbar, what we're going to do, hopefully you can see me, hand underneath of the bell, hand over top for support. When you get nice and close, I'm almost into like a fetal position, and then we're going to roll over towards our back. In this case, I have my right arm with the kettlebell. I'm gonna press it up. My other hand is gonna go above the head and my left leg up here is down to the ground. From here, what I'm gonna do is take this right leg, I'm gonna roll over towards my side. In this position, I'm gonna have my left hand still out straight. My head is going to rest while I'm holding this kettlebell and I'm squeezing the crap out of it. 
in this position, I'm not looking up at it because I want my eyes to look forward to one, relax the neck and also not see where the kettlebell is in time and space so I can react to it and stabilize. Because again, our shoulder blade is one of those joints that likes to be a stable joint. So feeding it some stability specific exercises like this can help strengthen those little stabilizer muscles that we were talking about earlier. Then from here when I'm done, I'm gonna slowly roll back to where I got started, bring it down, and then I would drag it around to the other side to do the same thing. So that is the kettlebell arm bar. Super, 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 super simple, but very effective when it comes to building that stability of the shoulder. So if I had to create a shoulder blade specific warm up, um, sequence, whatever it would be, I would have that quadruped um, scapular push-up, the circles in both directions, and the arm bar. Those three things done daily or any day that you have like your strength days on, by far would be the best thing to do. And in turn, that will influence a lot of things that can kind of carry over to. So any pressing motions, any kind of pulling motions, those you know, three exercises will st um, kind of build that stability around that scapula, teach it how to move a little bit better, and you know, things are gonna start falling into place. And rather than overloading um, one movement pattern of always retracting and pinning down those scaps, let them move. Like one of the things that I've been doing the last couple of years because of this, is you know in a dumbbell row like a such an easy exercise that everyone does where you know one hand and one knee's on the bench and then you're just rowing the dumbbell like rather than thinking of i'm gonna make sure my shoulder is back and in line with the other one like i let a little bit of protraction to go through the entire motion of a pull right because again if i don't train that all those muscles that don't you know go from that protraction um piece of the pole are not getting worked because I'm always here like I want to have a little bit of that shoulder spilling forward to get those small little muscles strong enough to go through the full motion sometimes it's just you know people need to relearn how to move and it takes some time but if I can strengthen those muscles with some sort of external load it's going to get there a little bit faster but um I'm gonna end it there because I feel like I can keep talking about this whole topic for like another hour. And I wanted to kind of keep this short and not you know, overload you with information, but I got three good exercises in there that you can throw into your warmups, um, daily movement routine, or even as like a filler recovery exercise um, after some big lift like a, barbell, deadlift, back squat, whatever it is. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, give me a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. And again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm always accessible. I'm always looking to help. That's it for me, you guys. Until next time.